Dalvin Cook, Kaepernick, everything is stupid, and some last words. LaValley Sports Talk begins right now. Welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, I'm your host, Chris LaValley. How's it going? Hope you're all doing well. I want to kick off this podcast. I want to talk about what's going on with Dalvin Cook. I know there's not a whole lot of uh, sports news, so to speak, but this one's actually about a contract uh, dispute, so I, I actually find this kind of interesting. I figured this would be a good way to kick off the show this week. So Dalvin Cook is upset because he believes he should be paid more money than he is, um, and I think, you know, relatively speaking, he, he does kind of have a point, uh, given the fact that he's arguably one of the best running backs in the league, and he's not even close to being towards the top of the league when it comes to uh, being paid. He's the 41st paid running back in the league coming into this season with a salary of $1.5 million. Now, to give you some perspective, the top, let's see, the top five running backs in salary are Christian McCaffrey making $16 million, Elliott's making $15 million, Le'Veon Bell makes $13 million, David Johnson makes $13 million, and Derrick Henry, who signed the franchise, tag he's making a little over 10 million dollars now dalvin cook enters free agency next season he's threatening not to do any camp he won't play this season if he doesn't get uh, a new contract or at least a contract that uh, meets what he believes um, is his skill level and he wants apparently to be paid in the 15 14 ish range he wants to be paid pretty much as a top three running back he wants to be right around McCaffrey Elliott level ahead of Le'Veon Bell and Dalvin Cook if you look at his stats he's arguably I mean you could put him as the best running back in the league I don't think he is uh, but I'm there's certainly no issue I don't have any issues with anybody believing he is um, so yes does he deserve to be paid more absolutely does he have the right to demand this money right now when he's still under contract? No, I don't think so. The other problem is Dalvin Cook is yet to finish out a season. He's constantly getting injured. And while his numbers are amazing when he's on the field, he's he's spent way too much time. He's missed almost he missed almost an entire season a couple of years ago with injury. He got injured last season even though again, he when he was on the field, he was tremendous. But if I'm the Vikings, I'm not paying I'm not giving you a long-term deal. I'm not paying you, you know, close to 100 million dollars guaranteed or whatever whatever it may be. I mean, I don't remember I don't really remember what Elliot got as guaranteed money. Um but I why am I why am I going to again, here's the thing with running backs and I know a lot of people like to spend a lot of money on or people like running backs. Yeah, they're great in fantasy. But when it comes to the NFL, they're really only good for about five years, six years, unless your name is Adrian Peterson. But aside from Adrian Peterson, over the last decade or so, running backs just, they don't last very long. Like, I think it was, I think the Cowboys were crazy to give Ezekiel Elliott what they gave him. Christian McCaffrey, I think, actually deserves his contract, and here's why. McCaffrey does more than just play running back. McCaffrey is the Panthers' offense. He's, he can play receiver, he can be a running back. He can do multiple things for you. He's not just strictly a running back. And I think there's other, other like Saquon Barkley is another one. When Saquon Barkley is up for his contract, Saquon Barkley should be able to break the bank. Because in my opinion, Saquon Barkley is the best running back in football. 
even more so than I mean I love Christian McCaffrey but I don't think Christian McCaffrey again I think Christian McCaffrey is more of like a flex player he's not necessarily just a running back I think if we're going pure running back Saquon Barkley yes to me Saquon Barkley is the Patrick Mahomes of running backs when he's up for his contract yes he's going to be able to demand whatever the hell he wants and the Giants will pay him and they should because he's been that elite but again bringing it back to Dalvin Cook I'm sorry man I mean Dalvin Cook if I were the Vikings I would say, look, you know, you want to talk about, you, you want a new contract? Great. We're going to front load the hell out of this. We're going to pay you up front. We'll front load it for two years and then, you know, make him sign like a four-year deal, four or five-year deal. I don't know, give him $30 million guaranteed over the first two seasons. And then after that, it's, you know, this way the, the club protects itself. And then if they want to cut him after two years, they can cut him after two years. Because Dalvin Cook, again, with his injury history, with his age, he's probably only got another couple of years. And again, I can also appreciate where Dalvin Cook is coming from on this one, one thing. Next year, there's a bunch of running backs that are going to be hitting the free agent waters, including Alvin Kamara, who's probably going to break the bank. So I think Cooks is trying to flex his muscles now, trying to make sure that he gets paid ahead of time. Because the Vikings at that point could just go, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna outbid for a better running back. Alvin Kamara to me is a better running back than Dalvin Cook. I'm not saying the Saints would ever let him go, but again. So I think Cook is trying to put a little pressure on the Vikings. And again, you know, maybe he has some leverage. Dalvin Cook is arguably the, the second most important player on the the Vikings offense, aside from Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, does he have a little leverage? Sure. But, again, if I was the Vikings and he's trying to flex his muscles, I'd say, look, man, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a front-loaded deal. We're going to pay you, like, $30 million guaranteed over two seasons. And then after that, we'll see what happens. You know, sign a four-year, five-year deal, whatever it may be. But it's all going to be front-loaded to protect us. And we'll see if he signs it. Or maybe the Vikings are going to play hardball with him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's just the way it is with running backs though. I mean, a lot of clubs, you, you bring in a, you bring in a, a, a top running back out of the draft, you have him play out his rookie deal and then you franchise him a couple years, you use him up and then you throw him away. I mean, it sounds awful, but I mean, that's just, that's the way the running back position works. Again, running backs only have a solid five, six, seven years tops when they're at their elite level. And then after that, Again, unless your name is Adrian Peterson, it just doesn't happen for you. So anyway, we'll see what happens with the Vikings. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching this, this story very closely. Uh, we'll see if Dalvin Cook really is able to flex some muscles or if the Vikings are just going to tell him to go pound sand. So Colin Kaepernick's back in the news, um, given all the, the protesting and, and the, the NFL news as well that you know, Roger Goodell and the NFL is now are now supporting um, people protesting for social injustice, and, and everyone's quick to uh, to anoint Colin Kaepernick the modern day Muhammad Ali, um, which I still find fascinating. I don't understand. Look, I get what he did. Okay, I'm not I'm not going to debate whether or not you like or you don't like what he did. Look, he did what he did. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with him protesting. I don't have a problem with anybody protesting. I believe in the first amendment. I I don't have to agree. You don't have to agree with what somebody's doing. 
Um, but they have every right to say it. They have every right to peacefully protest, I should say. I don't condone the rioting and, and the looting that's been going on. But the protesting, again, you want to kneel for the anthem, kneel for the freaking anthem. I don't care anymore. All right. I, I don't have to agree with it, but I don't care that you do it. I just don't need it thrown into my face about like how you're, you know, much more virtuous than anybody else if you're kneeling for the anthem. But why Colin Kaepernick is considered this great political figure, this great social changed figure makes very little sense to me because where the hell is he? When was the last time you saw Colin Kaepernick in public? Where has Colin Kaepernick been the last couple of weeks? I haven't seen him at any one of these protests. They had plenty of them. They had him in LA. They had him in DC. They had him in Seattle. They've had him in, I mean, you pretty much name the city. They've been highly televised. I haven't seen Colin Kaepernick anywhere. I've seen him tweet a few times. That's it. So is Colin Kaepernick really, really the Muhammad Ali of our generation? Is that really something that he deserves? I mean, what did he give up? Muhammad Ali is considered a great man because of what he sacrificed. What did Colin Kaepernick sacrifice? What did he really, truly sacrifice? Because let's look back real quick. He got benched for Blake Bortles. It was awful. Colin Kaepernick was awful the last couple of years in the NFL. Look at his stats. I don't want to hear anybody giving me, oh, well, the 49ers weren't that great of a team. Okay. Okay, fine. They weren't that great of a team. But look at his stats. How many wins did he have? Even if they weren't that good of a team, he should, he should still win more than three games. That's how many games he won the last couple of years of his, of his career. He won three games. Again, he got blenched for Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. That's like getting benched from Mitch Trubisky. Okay? So he gets benched. And then the offseason comes, and nobody in the NFL wants him as a starter. Again, everybody buried that lead and just said, oh, nobody wants him. No, nobody wanted him as a starter. Nobody was interested in, in signing Colin Kaepernick as a starter. They were willing to bring him in for back, as a backup. Baltimore was willing to do it. Seattle was willing to do it. I believe Denver was willing to do it. There were a few teams that said, yeah, come on. You come on in. You can try out with us. We'll pretty much we'll sign you. But we're going to sign you as a backup. And we're going to pay you as a backup. We're not giving you starter money to be a backup. And Kaepernick turned down those requests. He also shot himself in the foot with the Ravens when he made the comment about um, or his girlfriend made some comment about like Ray Lewis that was racially insensitive. I don't really remember specifically the quote, so I'm not, I don't want to misquote it. And then after that, he then obviously he had the, nobody signed him. So then he decided he was going to sue the NFL. They then reached a settlement and if you remember, the media was like, oh, yeah, Kaepernick's getting like over $100 million from the NFL. This proves that the NFL blackballed Kaepernick. Oh, it proves it. Then everything dies down a little bit. And then it comes out that the NFL didn't pay him anywhere close to that amount. If anything, I believe the, the excess of the amount of money was somewhere between like 4 and $9 million. So... Again, the media was wrong, and they wanted it to be that Kaepernick won, but did he really win? 
did he really win against the NFL? Or did the NFL just say, look, like we're going to throw you $9 million just to just go away. Like we're tired of you. Go away. We're done. And then after that moment, after that settlement happened, when was the last time we saw Callan Kaepernick? Because I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him at award shows. I haven't seen him anywhere. He's like disappeared. But he randomly posts crap on Twitter. He's a Twitter troll. He's a keyboard warrior. He sits behind his phone or his laptop or whatever, tweets out stuff. People give him likes and retweets and, oh, you know, look at Kaepernick. He's so just. He's so true. Is he really that virtuous? Was it really about the, was it really about the subject? Was it really about the movement or was it about money? Because again, even if it, let's say Kaepernick got $100 million from the NFL or $50 million or $25 million, whatever, name the amount. Kaepernick had to agree to it. So what was it about? Was it about the movement or was it about the money? Because ever since he got his money, he's disappeared. He's not around anymore. He also signed that lucrative deal with Nike to be one of the faces for one of their random-ass campaigns. I think his deal was somewhere in the range of like $50 million to be a spokesman. But he's not really a spokesman because he's never around to speak. He just smiles at a camera and gets his picture taken or he's on a commercial. But that's the only time you see him. Again, where was he during these protests? This leader, this, this person who's supposed to be the, the leader of the movement, where is he? Like, I'm, I'm giving you a long, dramatic pause for a reason. It's because I think Colin Kaepernick is full of shit, and I always have. And it drives me nuts that people treat him Literally, and have called him the Muhammad Ali of our generation. No, Muhammad Ali sacrificed everything for what he believed in. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't care if you agree with what Muhammad Ali did or not. The man sacrificed himself. Sacrificed his, his well-being. He sacrificed his career. The man went to jail. What the hell has Colin Kaepernick truly sacrificed? He didn't sacrifice his career, so I'm tired of people talking about that. Again, the man was a backup quarterback in the league. He wasn't a starter. Colin Kaepernick, at the end of that season, I think, what was it, 2016, 2017? At the end of that season, Colin Kaepernick wasn't even considered a top 15 quarterback in the league. Nobody was interested in him as a starter, so he didn't sacrifice anything. If you notice, he started kneeling... When he became the backup, he wasn't even the damn starter for the 49ers when he was kneeling. So again, what was it really about? Was it truly about the movement? And if it was about the movement, why wasn't he doing it when the 49ers were on a Super Bowl run? The year he broke out in the league. When Alex Smith got injured and then he started, why wasn't he doing it then? Why wasn't he doing it when people are talking about how he was going to be better than Aaron Rodgers? Where was the movement then? It didn't exist. His movement didn't exist until at a time when he was no longer relevant in the, in, in the, the sports zeitgeist. He wasn't considered a star anymore. So once again, I will ask you, what was his, his quote-unquote movement about? 
Was it about social inequality? 100%? Was it 100% virtuous? I'm not saying that, that him kneeling wasn't for social inequality. So I, I, I should clarify myself. But was it truly virtuous? Was he really doing it because he 100% believed in it? Or was he doing it to put his, his name back on the map in the hopes that maybe this will, this will bring him back up into relevance? And maybe that would help to get, bring him back to being a starter in the NFL. Look, I'm, I'm extremely pessimistic about this guy. And the reason why is because, like I said a moment ago, where the hell is he? If he's supposed to be the face of this movement, where is he now? Stop hiding behind your freaking phone or your keyboard or whatever it may be. You should be out on the front lines of these protests. You should be talking to multiple sources, whether it's the Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. You should be talking to all of these major newspapers, giving them just plenty of quotes, explaining to them about this movement, explaining to them the reason why this movement is so impactful, what it means. Or sitting down with ESPN or Fox Sports 1 and talking about why you did it, how you what it was about being an athlete and how important it is for you as being an athlete, about being the face of this movement. But he's not doing that. Why isn't he doing it? I think it's because he's full of shit. I really, truly do. I think he had ulterior motives from the beginning. And again, why isn't he... Why? Why didn't he take a backup role? Why didn't he take a backup role? Again, three teams, at least three teams wanted him. And the truth is because if he ever took that backup role, if he ever went back to the NFL, he would no longer be able to be considered a martyr. And all of that relevancy that he had ginned back up would no longer exist. So the LA Galaxy have fired a player on their team due to a comment that wasn't made by him. It was made by his wife. And it wasn't really necessarily a comment. It was a post. And I don't know which social media platform it was on. But she denounced the riots and she was denouncing the looting and said that, you know, she was talking apparently about the protesting and how she was okay with the protest, but she wasn't okay with the riots. And that really bothered her something to that effect. And then people attacked her online and she immediately, I guess, deleted the post, but it, it circled enough. Um, it, it made enough of a circulation, uh, to get back to the, to the galaxy organization. So they then went to the player and told the player, look, you need to, you need to apologize for these posts. So we did. They then said, you need to denounce your wife. Think about that for a second. You need to denounce your wife and what she stands for. Because what she stands for, we do not agree with as a club. So he did that too. They then turned around and they fired him anyway. So that, that alone is insane. You're firing a player because of what their spouse says. Like that, that alone isn't just 
to me, it's unconscionable. You're now going to punish somebody because they're their spouse or their father or maybe their mother or their sister or their brother or best friend says something that maybe they don't even agree with and you're going to turn around and you're going to fire them because of it? That's insane. So you're now responsible. He was responsible for what his wife said. His wife wasn't even staying with him at the time, by the way, living with him at the time. He's in Los Angeles practicing. She was in another state. They, like, again, they, they weren't even in the same, they, they, weren't, they, they weren't even sharing the same walls at the time. But somehow he's responsible for her, for her beliefs and for her statements. Now, I'm not, I, I don't care whether or not you agree with her. That, that's not the point. The point is the fact that we've now reached a point in society where the mob's going to come for you no matter what. Any way they can tear you down, they're going to tear you down. And let's just play a quick game for a second. Play a quick game. How do you think the media would have reacted if this was a woman's player? If this was a player on the uh, specifically on the women's national team? Let's say it was Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino's wife makes a comment, or girlfriend or fiance, I don't know if she's married, but her spouse makes a comment in the same vein and the, the club comes to her and says, you need to apologize for what was said and you need to denounce those statements in order to make this go away. So she does all that. And then they turn around and they say, yeah, you know what, you're gone. We can't, we can't have this. This is not what, what we stand for as, as, a, as an organization. This is not what we stand for as a country. You're gone. How do you think the media would react? Maybe Megan Rapinoe is the wrong person because she is a superstar and she would probably get away with it anyway. So let's just say any women's national team player that, that's, not, um, that's not a superstar. And better yet, let's say that she has a husband and the husband made those comments. How do you think the media would react? Do you think the media would be, yeah, you know what, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Or do you think that they would start screaming about the patriarchy and how she's being... She's being victimized and she's, she's paying for the sins of her husband and how it's sexist. Like you see, you see how the game's being played here, how it's manipulated through the media. It's, it's gotten to the point now where you can sit back and you can imagine it going a different way or having a different outcome if different players are involved. That's crazy. But it also shows you how manipulative everything has become. How the mob will come for you no matter what now. It doesn't matter how quote-unquote woke you think you are. The mob's going to come for you. And a lot of these corporations, they're scared shitless. Because they don't want to lose money. That's what it comes down to. It always comes back to money. They don't want to lose money. So they're going to kowtow to other people because they're afraid that those people are going to contact their sponsors and then they're going to end up losing money. But it's just like, this is, this is just like, this is becoming an issue, a real issue in this country where the fact that this man has lost his job because his wife said something that 
uh, that people didn't like online and then the club turned around and punishes him for what she said. Now, look, again, I'm not like I'm not saying that his wife was wrong or right. It doesn't really matter. Like it's not it's not about what she said. It's about the fact, again, it's it, it's about the fact that he's being punished for it. He should not be being punished for what his wife said, what his wife believes. This isn't politics. This is a freaking sport. Like, I get it. If you're on the campaign trail, you're running for president, and your spouse makes some offhanded comment that is completely um, detrimental to your campaign, and your campaign manager comes up to you and goes, dude, she's off the trail, or ma'am, he's off the trail. Like, he's gone. He's done. You have to denounce him. You have to denounce what he said. You have to you have to distance yourself as much as possible because this is not what we stand. This is not where our politics are going. And I'm not saying that necessarily that's okay either to denounce your spouse, but I would get it in that specific circumstance. If you're talking about politics, it makes sense to make sure that everybody is on the exact same page. Everybody is pushing the same message. But this is sports. You should, sports is not politics. It's not supposed to be politics. Sports should be just like anything else. You should be allowed to have differing opinions from your spouses. Now, all of a sudden, you have to, you have to marry people or be with people or spend your time only around people who think exactly like you do. We have to just, just jump into this stadium of group think. That's going to be the new way that we're going to go about living life because that's insanity in and of itself. You're, we're no longer allowed to have differences of opinion. Like this is just a, this is a small microcosm of what's going to become a bigger issue as we move forward. And I'll touch more on that in the next segment. It's pretty scary right now. It's a pretty scary time. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm, um, I'm a lot more pessimistic uh, about where we're going as a country uh, even than when I was a few weeks ago when we were still dealing with coronavirus. You know, I, I always believed that, you know, coronavirus would, would plateau and then we would, you know, we would beat it because we, you know, we, we always seem to, to come out on top as a country, as, as a society, as, as just, you know, as, as people. We, we always seem to band together at the right time and, you know, we, we, we just, we do. We always come out on top. I don't see us coming together anytime soon. I don't see us working together. I don't see us finding common ground right now. And it's, it's scary. I mean, it's scary to see. I mean, we look at the, just look at the, the, my previous segment where I talked about how a team fired, fired a player because their wife said something, whether it was right and wrong or indifferent, but that the player never had maybe had no idea about, but he was fired because he was associated with her. So is, is that where we're going now in sports, in, in just in general, are we, are we reaching a point now in society where we're no longer allowed to have differing views of opinion? The first amendment only matters if you only say the right things. Is that where we are? You're no longer allowed to have a differing point of view. And if you do have a differing point of view, then you're the bad guy. You're evil. You're racist. You're sexist. You're homophobic. You're a bigot. 
because that's not a country I want to live in. That's not a world I want to live in. One of the best parts about being an American is the fact that you have the right, or at least you're supposed to have the right, to voice your opinion, to voice your issues with, with what's going on in the country, to be able to say, hey, I don't like this president. This president is is not my president, or I, he does not represent my values. He does not represent what I want to see when I think about this country, when I think about the flag. I don't like my, my congressman or my congresswoman. I want to see them out. I'm going to vote against them. I'm going to speak out against them because I don't like them. That's what makes this country great, is that you are allowed to voice your opinions. But that seems to be taken away all of a sudden, very quickly, mind you, too. A lot of it has to do with social media, and social media is just, it is a cesspool of just nothing good at this point in time. It is, it is disturbing what's going on on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram right now. It's, it's just not a good look. And bringing it back to sports for a second, for all of you people out there who are, who are okay with, with what Colin Kaepernick's done with the kneeling for the, or not just Kaepernick, kneeling for the national anthem. You're okay with kneeling for the national anthem because he's fighting, he's fighting for a cause that you believe in. Is it that he's fighting for a cause that you believe in or is it because he falls in line with your political beliefs? Because would you be okay with Colin Kaepernick kneeling if he was kneeling against abortion? Or if he was kneeling against gay marriage because he didn't believe gay marriage should happen in this country? Or if he was kneeling, I don't know. Um, I, can't think of some, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But let's just go with those two for a second because those are hot-button issues. I mean, gay marriage not so much anymore, but let's just say he did it. He was doing it a couple years ago when gay marriage was still kind of um, was still a hot button issue in the country. Well, you know what? Screw that. Let's just stick with abortion because abortion is still a hot button issue. Let's say he was kneeling during the national anthem because he didn't believe in abortion. You think ESPN would be covering it the same way? Do you think people would be backing him? Do you think Nike would have put him? as the face of one of their campaigns? Of course not. Let's be real. This isn't about social injustice. At the end of the day, this is not what this was not what people care about. They care about your political ideology. That's what it comes down to. Sure, maybe part of it does have to do with social injustice. I shouldn't say it doesn't. I shouldn't I shouldn't do that. I need to stop being absolutist about everything. Maybe it does. In some way, shape, or form, maybe there, there is a virtuous piece behind it. But at the end of the day, it has to do with your political ideology. It comes right back to politics again. If you pick the quote-unquote right side of an issue, the media is going to be right there behind you to support you 100% of the way. But if you don't, good luck to you. Because I can promise you, without a shadow of a doubt, I would put all my life savings on this bet, that if Colin Kaepernick was kneeling because he believed that abortion was evil or abortion was, was you were killing a child, he never, he never, ever 
would have been able to live it down. His career would have been over. He would have been blackballed, not by the NFL, but by mainstream media, by social media. Everybody would have crushed him. Because that's not what they believe. That's not their political ideology. Again, you can think what you want. You can say what you want as far as I'm concerned. You can, I would love to have this debate with anybody. I was on, I had, was on Rich Owen Lala this past weekend. Rich was on vacation. I had um, Dan Coleman, who's sideline member contributor, on here. And he and I talked about what's going on in the country. And he and I were on, I wouldn't say we were necessarily on different sides of the argument, but we both brought different different aspects to it. Um, and afterwards I said to him, I think I even said it on the podcast, look, man, you're going to come out like roses in this podcast, and I'm going to come out as like the, the epitome of evil. Because I believe there's more to what's going on in this country than what the media is telling you. Like I believe there's more to Black Lives Matter than what they're saying it is. I believe there's more to Drew Brees' apology more to what Drew Brees said than the way the media is covering it. There's more going on here than what you're seeing. And it's scary as hell, or at least I'm, I'm very scared. Because I don't think people are going to have the freedoms that they used to have for a very long, in, in, in a very short order. I think this country is moving in a very dangerous direction. In the media... And certain political parties are allowing it to happen. So, I mean, again, if you want, if you're ever interested in having this conversation with me, if you want to tell me I'm wrong, I'm 100% for it. I love hearing I'm wrong. I do. I really do. I truly, I know that sounds weird. I like people telling me I'm wrong because I want to know why I'm wrong. And if you can teach me something in the process, that's great. I'm not somebody that's necessarily... Um, married to his beliefs or to his ideology. I think that I'm, I've always called myself a moderate. I, I find myself to be somebody who's extremely open-minded to learning new things. Can I be stubborn about certain issues? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm also interested in, in learning. And again, if you ever listen to this podcast and you're sitting there and you're going, wow, this dude is missing the boat. And you want to come on, you let me know. At LaValleyCH on Twitter, I am 100%. You can DM me. You can just straight up at me. I don't care. But I would love to have this conversation with anybody who's interested. Anybody. And even the members on the Sideline Network. I mean, they have no problem coming to me and telling me when I'm wrong. And I'm okay with having this discussion. Because that's what we need. At the end of the day, that's what this comes down to is the fact that we have to f still be able to feel comfortable having a conversation with each other, not tearing each other down, not making each other feel like, you know, not calling each other names and, and, and criticizing them or trying to attribute them to being a racist or a sexist or, or whatever nasty terminology you want to use to try and describe somebody just because they don't 100% agree with you. Because that's not, I don't believe that that's, as simple as, as, as that. I believe there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more conversations that we need to have. And again, you should be able to voice your opinion in this country. 
At least I'm gonna keep doing it up until they tell me I can't do it anymore. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Valley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, be sure to check out Drinks with Dan, Richo's Rant, and Richo and Lala. If you did not check out last week's episode, which is episode 47 of the Valley Sports Talk Pod, I had my good friend Austin Space on to discuss what's going on with baseball. Austin is the Soundline Network's baseball insider. He is unbelievably brilliant when it comes to baseball stuff so if you did not check that out yet be sure to listen to it austin just lays it all out with what he thinks is going on with the league where he thinks it's going to go in the future if they if we don't have a season this year um it's it's really good stuff i highly recommend you check it out also as i mentioned during the podcast my last episode of richo and lala was with our very own daniel coleman again rich was on vacation i highly recommend you you download that and give that a listen as well Because we do talk about all the protests, what's going on with Drew Brees, and everything else. And and it was it was a long form discussion. It was about an hour long, but it was good. It was really, really good discussion as far as I'm concerned. Because again, I think that that's something that we're missing in this country is just sitting down, having a conversation. Again, you don't have to 100% agree with each other. And I don't think Dan and I 100% agreed with each other. We don't even 100% agree when it comes to sports. But it's just a matter of being able to sit down, have a conversation, and when it's all said and done, be able to just go have a drink and hang out later. I mean, that's where we should be. But I'm off my soapbox. I hope you guys are all staying safe out there. And, uh, yeah, just take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you all again soon.